0: listeners this is the first episode of uh, my film and tv podcast i'm melissa ortiz a greater boston native shout out to the northeast and north shore area um however some of you may know me as your local barber a dabbler in the arts but i'm now jumping on this train of the podcast world if you will unfortunately uh i know everyone has a podcast nowadays but this will be different my dudes i promise. Um, I hope you will enjoy breaking down, deciphering, geeking out, and laughing at films as much as I do. This is my pr- this is my reprieve, y'all, as it is for many folks. We'll be discussing current films and TV of all genres, as well as older quote unquote films TV to recommend at the end. Alrighty, let's get into it. So um just wanted to let you guys know too, like this entire show is gonna be like spoiler alert, like do not listen to this if you do not want to ruin the movie, or multiple movies uh, for that matter. So I just wanna let you guys know, be advised. Uh, I appreciate your patience. Um, but today we're gonna to be talking about Midsummer. Um, it's a little horror, a little psychological thriller, a little weirdness, a little crawling of the skin. Um, essentially the premise of the movie is uh, these folks, this woman goes through a traumatic life event and uh she decides to go on a trip with her boyfriend and his friends for this midsummer festival up in uh northern europe where the sun does not go down uh in the summertime so it's it's pretty wild um it's directed by ari oster who also directed uh, hereditary um, and it was produced by the company uh, production company a24 that has done many a good film at this point. Um, but yeah, so that's essentially what we're going to be talking about. Joining me today are two of my favorite people. Thanks for blessing this baby of our project with your presence. Jamie Rode and Eric Schubert. Woo. Yeah, uh, they're two talented folks who are also art hoes and friends of mine. Uh, please introduce
1: yourselves, Jamie. Um, my name is Jamie Rode. Um, I am a Boston native, but currently Providence-based artist um, who loves movies and TV, and am hugely influenced by them in my art practice, um, and just enjoy indulging in them all the time. Hell yeah. <laughs>
0: it's awesome. Um, so, like, what's your deal? Like, what's your thing? Like, is there anything that you would like to... Talk about as far as like, your art.
1: Um, I'm primarily a, yes. Thank yeah. you. Um, I'm primarily a sculptor, and I would say. Film has influenced the aesthetic of those things. Um, I love a horror movie with practical effects and body horror, mm-hmm. and you can see that in a lot of my work for sure. Her shit's creepy, y'all. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah.
0: Um, Cool. So I'm going to introduce Eric
2: Schubert. Uh, where are you from? Hey, what's up, y'all? I'm um, Eric Schubert. I'm from Boston originally. Uh, lived in Brooklyn, New York off and on for a little while in my 20s and 30s. Um, I'm a UX designer, illustrator, graphic designer. Basically, I've done so much stuff. Jack um, of all trades. Yeah, I don't really turn <laughs> projects down. <Yeah. laughs> I just kind of figure it out when I have to.
0: Hell yeah.
2: Um, and just like Jamie and Melissa, I'm a super huge horror nerd. Yes. Horror has always been my favorite genre um, and it definitely does influence my work. I guess film in general influences my work because uh, some of the projects I've been doing lately are children's book illustration and I've kind of gained a new respect for the art of storytelling mm. and obviously that's super prevalent in film in general and I've definitely learned the difficulty of adding layers and context to storytelling mm-hmm. and it would seem it seems counterintuitive that maybe, Words and visuals would make telling the story more difficult, easier, but it actually makes it more difficult because, um, I've learned how complicated it can be to bring a story from page to page and then film from scene to scene. For sure. Uh, and there's, like, a super skill involved with that, and that's something that I feel like the director of the movie that we're going to talk about today certainly has, if not his strongest suit.
0: Awesome. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. So, uh... Yeah, I actually cut Eric's hair. uh, He's been a long time... For like
2: five years now.
0: Five years, yeah. Probably
2: more. And he cut my son's hair. And
0: I cut his son's hair. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, Dez. Shout out to Dez. Yeah. He's out there somewhere playing a jungle gym. (laughs) With a mohawk. (laughs) With a mohawk. Oh yeah, totally. He just got a mohawk recently. Yeah. Yeah, me and him have that in common. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, That's cool. Um, Yeah, Jamie's also part of Based Art Collective. I... We're in this little side project called Based Art Collective in Boston and she's been part of based for what is it, like two years now? two years yeah two, two years sure yeah, is. she does the sculpture. Yeah. She does the thing. It's pretty dope. Um, yeah, cool. Um, all right, cool. Let's get a little personal, a little intimate if I may we're gonna be asking our guests today what are their five top favorite films of all time uh it's a hard question it's not easy there's a lot of things that we enjoy they change from time to time I think most of us can agree on that um so yeah I'm gonna cue Eric on this real quick and uh what's Ready. what's your top five favorite films of all time dude
2: this is such a super hard question it and is like, I'm sorry no it's all good <laughs> and definitely like we were just saying that uh, literally probably in two weeks i'll listen to this and be like wow you're such a fool there's so (laughs) many other movies that you like better than this um but so i just got started and yeah i'll just put them in no particular order my first two are classics rocky and jaws
0: okay Uh, solid
2: rocky just because i love like the plucky underdog like fighting story and basically i remember watching that as a kid on um TV thirty eight here in Boston. Yeah, was, dude,
0: UPN thirty eight. Yo, there
2: was no UPN when it I was It was UPN thirty eight. No, what yeah. was it called? It was like some WSBK or something what? like that. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa, See, yeah.
0: that's like deep cut shit right there dude
2: shout out to dana hersey's movie loft wow (laughs) 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 yeah and basically i would always like my parents would go to bed my grandmother would go to bed or whatever and i would just be downstairs like shirtless pretending i was rocky dude hell yeah punching the air (laughs) (laughs) that's sick. yeah uh my next one is jaws similarly because yeah it was one of those ones that was basically on tv constantly when i was a kid Mm -hmm. but to this day I defy you if Jaws is on to change the channel. Okay. Because it's such a classic. There's like the setting, the writing, everything about it. It's like you just become a part of it's true. the environment. Uh, yeah. So I love that movie. Third is Halloween. The original John the Carpenter.
0: Original. The original. Oh, OG yeah.
2: shit. I'm a massive John Carpenter fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and somebody asked me once like, what I love about him. And I just said because his filmmaking is inherently creepy. Yeah. Like there's just always something off. And Halloween is like the original. And I love the fact that he makes all the music for his own movies, mm-hmm. which gives yeah. them all kind of just like this yeah. deranged, weird pattern. Um, and next one for me is Big Trouble in Little China, what? which is another I've never John- heard of this actually. It's another John Carpenter movie. Um, they're supposed to be remaking it, okay. which is kind of blasphemous. Um, <laughs> But The Rock might be playing the main character, which is, like, the only way, you know, I can co-sign on it. <laughs> okay. Uh, but it's essentially... It's a, it's kind of a fusion. It's in the 80s, so it's kind of got that 80s vibe. It's not creepy at all, this one. But it's just strange. It's different. It's so unique. And it's Kurt Russell being, like super american bravado oh, of versus like the forces of ancient china in san francisco china <laughs>
0: as he does yeah
2: yeah so it's great if you haven't seen it check it out i can literally i realized i had seen it too many times when i found out that i could not only recite the english lines but i know the chinese lines oh fuck, before ben. i ever learned chinese all right yeah so he's on
0: one with this
2: yeah no you okay. gotta see it it's a banger all
0: right
2: uh, and last one is a complete departure and it's a christmas story because <laughs> I have oh, always sorry. said am sorry no no no, no. I've always said A we, Christmas Story yeah. is a perfectly paced movie okay there's no time in that movie when you're like oh this is dragging or whatever but everything fuses together there's so much content <laughs> packed into it there's so much like childhood vibes that resonate with you for sure so, that
0: nostalgia yeah yeah it's and true. like
2: we all have that feeling of just like being obsessed with something that we want and maybe that's something that resonates with us as adults too because it's like the idea of obsession and fixation.
0: Yeah, no, for sure.
2: And it's hilarious.
0: Yeah, and yeah. it's it's a very indulgent movie, too. I've actually seen bits and parts of that film. Like, I have not watched the entire thing, because mm-hmm. it's usually obviously on TV, like, during the holidays. Um But yeah, cool. Yeah, I definitely need to, like, watch the whole thing.
2: Well, I think that's maybe something that's interesting about it is you've seen it in pieces, Yeah. and it's kind of like you already have seen it. it. It's really the way it's made. It's almost a series of vignettes. Mm-hmm. And when you put them all together, you kind of feel like this bigger story. For and sure. it just makes you feel like a kid again. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And
0: it is really beautiful too. Like just the cinematography is like yeah. there has that like that like hazy mm-hmm. kind of uh filter over the whole film like the whole time. Obviously it's an older movie, so it's gonna look old, but like it is really pretty to look at. Like it's very I don't know. It's just it's it's nice to look at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. For sure. That was a solid list. Yeah, really? yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. dope, okay. dude. Oh right. yeah. All right, Jamie,
1: hit us. Okay. Hit us with some bangers, David. So I would say that this list, it's similarly kind of always changing. Um, my criteria was movies that I have returned to over and over that I can watch. And I've seen like probably in the double digits, yes. all of them. No, yeah. Um, and like ones that I keep going back to. Um, so I'd say my first is probably Princess Mononoke. Oh, yeah. Which um, is directed by Hayao Miyazaki. Um, I remember, I'd have like one weekly rental. When I was like eight years old, I rented this movie. I was probably like a little young. But Where did you rent it at for Movie Works on Hybrid Street in Brooklyn? Movie Works. Yeah. So that
0: was like a small owned situation. It was small. It was
1: like oh. Yeah, it was an independent movie store. They had like a okay. room in the back and like a, yeah, they had like a big cult section. It was cool. Yeah. Um. R. I. P. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like rented this movie probably every week for six months maybe i was completely obsessed yeah um and it's a really good epic about um kind of it's a big environmental parable yeah
0: Um, i actually i have not seen it yet you gotta see it yeah i just recently got into anime recently guys i saw like two anime recently yeah a film and a show and I'm like, I'm that meme that's like, watches anime once and I'm like, like,
2: <laughs> no, I'm like no. you know, you the dragon ball hair, <laughs> dragon ball hair, like, it's like in
1: it. transcends. I mean, it's like, I believe you, transcends did, yeah. the genre. I mean, it's a, yeah. totally, and I love anime. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, um, I know irration. you know your stuff. Yeah. Um, I, my second one is much more recent. Um, it's the Babadook, which came out yeah. in 2014. Mm-hmm. That movie's awesome. I love a monster movie. For sure. Um, I love, like, a trauma story, so, mm-hmm. um, love that. I've seen it a bunch of times. Um, my third is probably Black Swan, oh, which fuck. I just rewatched like, last night, so that could, yeah, could he, be... He, you yeah. watched... You watched... I know. Midsommar? Yeah. <laughs> Black
0: Swan. I know. And a part of Under, Under the Skin. Yeah, I know.
1: It's a lot of, uh...
0: <laughs> what? you of... Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's why that car ride was what it was. I know. I know. <laughs> um... Love Black Swan. I like Darren Aronofsky yeah, a lot. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, he's so melodramatic. Yeah. And like he's like pretty campy. I think people take him very seriously, but I think he's yeah, yeah way campier than people give him credit for. Um, my fourth one is But I'm a Cheerleader, which is super campy on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about uh, a girl who gets sent to like straight reformation camp after her family. Yeah. Um, Assumes correctly that she's a lesbian. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's really funny. RuPaul's in it. Um, and, uh, Natasha and Natasha yeah. Leon And Natasha Leon And Klai Classic. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the John Waters style. Awesome. I'm not by John Waters. Yeah. Um, Jamie Babbitt directed that. I need
0: to watch that. I actually haven't seen it. You gotta see it. I'm slacking. No. Nah. <laughs> like really I mean, bad. There's a
1: lot. There's a lot to see, you know? Yeah. Um, I would say my last one is probably The Exorcist. Ooh. Because that was, Ooh. I saw that um like i was like 13 when i saw it and i kind of i would say inspired my love of horror movies cool um yeah i've it's gone this
0: classic i've gone this far without watching the exorcist uh so i'm a little superstitious because mm-hmm. like people died on set or like people died after
1: the film there it was yeah. that whole it's one of these like quote cursed yeah. productions unquote not as much as like for sure um, <laughs> the Steven Spielberg one with the girl
2: on the TV. Poltergeist. Thank oh. you. Poltergeist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you. So um, I've
1: gone this
0: far without watching it, but I definitely should. I, I should. I should just do it. Oh yeah. yeah like yeah, at yeah. this point, 100%. I got all the bad looks. So. Yeah.
2: Hereditary is kind of like a modern day exorcist. Yeah, at that least that's what sort it of was quoted as. Yeah. Yeah, because
0: the dude, the 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 son, mm-hmm. he had like PTSD yeah. after the movie. Yeah. Like he from the family dynamic of like that fucked up family like it's so hierarchies yeah. of like, you know, the
1: relationship between mm-hmm. him and his parents and his sister. Yeah. yeah. Ari Aster, I mean he's so he's so referential, and I would say I feel like hereditary and we can talk more about this later. Yeah. But he, you know, I mean, Hereditary is super about, like, uh, possession yeah. influence, but, like, Rosemary's yeah. Baby, The Exorcist, exactly. Yeah. like, all of that, and then, um, Midsummer is way more in the cult, you know,
2: yeah. Can I make Both one Connor. comment about what I believe is the scariest scene in The Babadook? Yeah. Because I'm a dad, and, yeah. like, <laughs> there's this scene when they're driving... And the kid is in the backseat seat. And he's just oh, screaming. Screaming. Oh and like yeah. there's moments where you're just like he's you so feel right. so trapped. Yeah. And you're just like, this per- this creature that I love so much um, behind me is driving me to the point of madness. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Oh. That part of that movie to- definitely likes Because that's real. Things. That's it real. happens all the time. Yeah. So that shit's like, real. You're yeah. like, why are you doing this? Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, no for sure. I-, I will say that uh yeah, that's definitely true, man. I feel that um segue into this a few of my top five favorite movies um so i've said this before multiple a lot of people know this about me i love eternal sunshine and spotless mind it might be a little basic of me but uh i really like that movie Mm -hmm. um it's pretty good and then sunshine for all you sci-fi nerds it's like sort of sci-fi horror like a little bit like it becomes like First, it's, it's, it's the expedition to the sun, yeah. but then some shit goes down. It goes awry. Anytime you go into the space, it's going to go awry. Yeah. Like, <laughs> anytime.
1: It pivots the it's, genre. For yeah. yeah.
0: And then Beautiful, uh, Javier Bardem. I forget the name of the director. Oh, Yo, you so watched that movie, Buddha? Yeah. Oh, so Sorry, the Buddha's in the background. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so like, Beautiful is awesome. Um, sphere? Mm-hmm. Michael Crichton uh it did not read the book but the movie's cool i think it's a little underrated um yeah it's like a sci-fi film that i enjoy and then punch drunk love paul thomas uh, anderson that's a good movie probably the best film that like adam sandler has ever made that's the film that you need to watch to be like oh like he's definitely a good actor like he knows what's up he just doesn't give a shit anymore or he doesn't care like he makes a bunch of money you know like yeah so i assume you've
2: never seen happy gilmore Ah, all right. or Billy Madison no Billy like Madison. those are great films like yeah.
0: but I mean as far as like a drama yeah mm-hmm. yeah but
1: those are good films
0: too Shots fired
1: Shots fired man <laughs> like fair enough so there's a movie <laughs> that's gonna be distributed by A24 called Uncut Gems that Adam Sandler is what? in and he stars as like he's like I think a diamond
0: dealer mm, what
1: yeah he's this is crazy yeah and it's um it just premiered at one of the film festivals so it should be coming out oh my God. later this year the beginning of next but it looks great okay
0: yeah, yeah i'll check it out yeah he knows what's up man he just he's just having a good time he's <laughs> yeah. just like i just want to chill i'm like that's real dude <laughs> yeah that's cool um all right well thanks for sharing your favorite of five top films of all time they definitely change over time, but you know, we gotta do it. Yep. All right. Thank you guys. So what's up with film this year, guys? There's been a bunch of shit that's come out. A lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of the movie theaters has to stress. stressed. I don't know about you guys, but like, How there's so? not a lot of good stuff that comes out very often. But this year was pretty good. Would okay. you guys agree?
2: Um, I would think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've been out there <laughs> seeing movies.
0: He's been out there. Uh, alone. <laughs> alone. Yeah, Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. But yeah, so a few things that will come out this year, if you guys want to check them out. Um, Us came out. Uh, Jordan Peele film. I actually have not seen it yet. I'm also slacking on that. Uh, Farewell came out. Ad Astra with... Uh, Just, you know. Homeboy, what's his name? Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt. Brad Pitt. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Brad Pitt again. Uh, Quentin Tarantino. I heard a lot of... Mixed things about this movie. I think, like, it grew on a lot of people. Like, after they mm-hmm. watched it, they were like, oh, that was pretty good, but they had to, like, sit with it for a while, you know? Yeah.
2: I loved it. And basically, Brad Pitt's character in the movie, I was just like, man, everybody needs a friend like this. That's yeah. basically, like, your complete <laughs> ride or die that will do whatever yeah, yeah. to get the job done, mm-hmm. including smashing people's faces into rocks. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: Yeah, that Quentin Tarantino, he's, he's not going to let you slide without no. a little
1: bit of violence.
0: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, oh, even yeah, then Promare came out for Anime Nerds. That was pretty dope. I saw that the other day. Um, just full-on action. Storyline? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I I thought, it, in terms of an anime movie, I was impressed. It was yeah. one that I enjoyed more. Like, I don't know, it was the first one I'd seen in a long time, and I enjoyed it more than I anticipated. Like, yeah, you
0: know. yeah. There definitely wasn't like a lot of uh, character development, but like yeah. the concept was cool. Like the back, like the, mm-hmm. the backstory was awesome, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. it was just like really dynamic. Like the style of it, like you felt like you were just constantly like mm-hmm. moving. You know, yeah. Yeah. that was pretty cool. It was done
1: by Studio Trigger. Studio, Studio Trigger, yeah. Guerin Lagun, Kill a La Kill, yeah, and they were an offshoot of Gainax, which did Neon Genesis Evangelion. It was definitely nice. You can see that influence yeah. there. Jamie knows all the things about the
0: animes.
2: Seriously. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was in it. I was in it. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but yeah. So again, we're I'm gonna be we're, now we're gonna get down to the nitty gritty. We're gonna talk about Midsummer. Again, spoiler alert. I will be describing the film in its entirety very concisely. Um, so yeah, traumatic event happens. Essentially, um, Danny's character, sh- her. Sister murders her dad and mother. Um, what is it? Murder Suey. Yeah, yes. she Murder.
2: murders herself, which is called suicide.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice you guys. Yeah, keep me in line, guys. I need it. Sorry. Um, no, it's cool. Uh, yeah, so she, yeah, she, she kills her parents, and then she kills, she kills herself, and uh, it's very graphic. Like the first twenty minutes, you're just in it, and mm-hmm. you're like, wow, like we're on this ride together. Everyone in the theater. Um, And uh, so she's going through it, and her boyfriend is just not that, just not that around. He's a little distant. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's doing his thing, and he offers for her to take her mind off this tragic event to go to a Midsummer Festival uh, with his buddies. So they do that, um, and then shit goes awry, as it does in horror movies. Um, There's a lot of content warning too guys like there's sexual assault like weird lines being crossed that you know it's, it's a little weird um it's gory there's suicide um a few things so just just be wary too as we continue on with the show um but yeah so like there's a lot of also tripping like people drink this like sort of like mushroom tea mm-hmm. and throughout the entirety of of the movie um and yeah and yeah so let's let's just get right into it um so let's talk about the good and the bad we'll talk about the pros first and I'm gonna start off with Jamie and see what her opinions are on this
1: I I loved midsummer. I thought it was really great um I think Ari Aster is like obsessed with familial horror stories and like family violence but um in addition to like drug horror stories and hereditary he'd like the way that he depicts um being high is as like horrifying as it gets and similar here with um the psychedelics um it's just a total horror show and I thought that was really really <laughs> effective and the way I mean just from the visuals to the overall feeling um mm-hmm. of like chaos not even thinking about what kind of was happening, but just, like, in tone. It's like um, a beautiful
0: chaos, though, right? Because it's just
1: beautifully shot. It is beautifully shot. Yeah. Well, and I think that's why it's so effective. There's a lot that's very uncanny about it that feels, like, off because it's so brightly lit and mm-hmm. because um, horror movies, you know, you associate them with darkness and nighttime. So I think he effectively used this idea of like unrelenting day um to be as disorienting as possible never and ending that uh, never ending Felt never ending yeah. yeah never ending and you know this idea that you can't whether it's day or night it's they're coming you you're know? fucked yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Your well, you're at the yeah. you're at the mercy of this um sacrificial cult yeah um
2: isn't the only night scene the, when he, when Josh sneaks into the, Mm -hmm. that's like the only scene that's actually at night. Yeah. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. That is the only scene that's at night. Aside from the opening, the opening shots, you know, I would actually say like the first scene, um, of the suicide that's at night and then it's all the rest of it. Yeah. Is the day. I did watch the director's cut. So
0: me and Eric were talking about the one scene Um, in the director's cut where it was like a sacrifice like a child sacrifice yeah so this child essentially like decided that they wanted to sacrifice themselves for this May Day festival and they weighted their body with like just like heavy like i don't even remember charms like yeah like charms like a charm bracelet suit yeah like yeah charm bracelet (laughs) suit dude like (laughs) so he was doing that and then like these two adults essentially like or you know they take the kid and they're sort of swinging his body back and forth and like they're gonna throw him into the water into yeah. so some lake,
2: yeah.
0: um, and then Danny the the female character she runs away because she's like what the fuck like, Horrifying. Yeah, yeah so that was like the essentially like the only night other night scene yeah. in Midsummer
1: which I missed I have not seen the director's cut yeah um, I've only seen the two and a half hour theatrical release
0: yeah I I only watched the three hour one the director's cut because it was the only option in the theaters yeah. Um, but yeah but eric what are what are some of the pros that you felt
2: yeah for sure cool? um i would say definitely echoing some of the other thoughts like the cinematography here is pretty incredible yeah. um it's obvious that the character the the camera is another character um and the way that he moves it some of the overhead shots um sometimes when the camera even like flips upside down, it really gives you like this disorienting feel. Mm-hmm. They kind of just make you feel uncomfortable because yeah. like Jamie said, like we're in sunlight for the whole movie. So it's kind of a way to still make it just off and disturbing, um, which is really interesting. And some of the, the scenes that are even interior shots, I've noticed he uses some of the techniques that he used in Her- Hereditary, where it has like a really dollhouse feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the emotion that I had definitely in those scenes is since the camera is a character in those scenes, I feel like you're in that room. For sure. Especially like the scene where, um, at the end of the movie where Christian is talking to Siv and her cabin or whatever you want to call it to get approval for the mating ritual. Yeah the two of them are like awkwardly close together and yeah. you're just kind of like there uh, and you yeah. feel like okay I'm in this room it's like <laughs> you feel like oh they haven't noticed me like I'm just going to hang yeah, out here you know? Like, maybe, you know like maybe maybe <laughs> this is all good you know but it's not
0: it's not it's yeah. definitely not
2: <laughs> yeah. um so yeah the camera for sure is like a huge uh part of the movie a big takeaway for me also as everyone else has said it's like he's so good uh Ari Aster is so good at telling stories that here in hereditary he's almost like put two movies in each one Mm -hmm. like obviously in hereditary it was the family drama of like the death and then the horror aspect of um demonic possession and here we have a breakup movie with this like sacrificial cult out and it's like (laughs) this dude is so good at making movies that he's cramming two movies into one movie yeah and i sometimes i'm like oh maybe he's just like well i can only make one movie this year so let me just bang in two while I can. For sure. Um, and definitely like the scenes early on with Christian and Danny where she's coping with the loss of her family and he's super disconnected. Yeah. It's really obvious that he's disconnected. Mm-hmm. That really spoke to me. There was a, a span of six months years ago where my wife lost her Grandfather, grandmother, uncle, and our dog oh, in like damn. six months. And oh, like I'm
0: so sorry, dude.
2: No no no. Yeah. I only mentioned that to say like I know what it's like to be with somebody when they're like kind of going through something. Yeah. And like the way I was reacting was obviously completely different than Christian because he's so detached from the, the situation. Like mm-hmm. he clearly is not invested in her. Mm-hmm. He's really looking for a way out. Yeah. Um and Obviously not in that situation with my family, but there's other times where I, you'd have that feeling of like, wow, if I just bailed on this situation, I wouldn't have to deal with any of this drama.
0: For sure. And
2: that's what he's, he's not letting himself do it for the whole movie. He doesn't want to be with her.
0: Yeah. And like, he and just wants out. Really, um, mm. it's really just makes me feel uncomfortable too. Cause you're like, damn, yeah. like just cut your losses, man. Like, just be honest, right? Yeah. Like just be straight up and be like, yo, like I got to dip like just let people know you know what i yeah. mean yeah. so like that was definitely something that's like relatable um and yeah like yeah no i totally agree well
2: she's going through so much trauma that she needs somebody oh yeah and she's just holding on to him mm-hmm. and he feels guilty so it's like they're both together for the completely wrong reasons yeah. they're, neither one of them is there for each other
0: for sure and like she needs a therapist let's right or she <laughs>
2: needs like a pagan cult out yeah, <laughs> in the either one <laughs> either one
0: Um, yeah, so yeah, so I agree with you guys. Um, I definitely thought that the movie was really, really well done. It's like really beautiful to look at, and just like the visuals of like the um, you know, like them tripping Mm -hmm. was really cool. Like the end with the flowers, yeah, and the flowers are sort of just like, and I'm like, whoa, like this is crazy. Um, that was really nice, but yeah, I was kind of talking to Jamie earlier about how I didn't really like like, Christian's character. I thought he was, like, a bad actor. Okay. Um,
1: But I guess that was sort of the point. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, I I thought that his acting choices... um, You listed this guy's name. Um, Jack Rayner? Yeah, Jack Rayner. I thought Jack Rayner's acting choices were all very deliberate and intentional. And it it seems like... I mean, when we were talking, you kind of had a different takeaway from it. Um, I found... I felt like I've... I mean, I've encountered this guy. Before. No, you're so yes, right. He sure. like, <laughs> lacks empathy and <laughs> yeah. is just like... Mono, you know, he's just like... we oh, you know. to party, man. Yeah. 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 Be gone for 45 minutes. Here, you know. Um, yeah, but um, I'd like to hear more about... Um, what you think. Yeah,
0: I don't know. Do I thought that like... But I guess maybe that was like in me to be like, oh, like, he's a bad actor, but it's like, oh, but you're right. Like, I have met people like that before and they're just sort of not there they're just like very you know you I've been at parties like that before mm-hmm. where it's like a partner's like a friend's partner or something and you're trying to engage with them and they're just like they couldn't give two shits like yeah. about you or anybody like in this social setting and yeah like yeah so you definitely kind of changed my mind on that oh. I was like okay cool like it, this is why we're doing the podcast guys because we're trying to <laughs> fucking break the shit down. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, cons and we can keep it kind of short cause I think a lot of people didn't really feel that many, that there was that many cons
2: for me. Yeah. Like most of the things that I found myself saying like, Oh, I wanted to see more of this. I wanted to see, you know, I wasn't, then I went back and was just like, Oh, I really don't want to know more. Yeah. Um, one thing <laughs> I didn't realize when Josh gets killed in the um
0: the church cabin or whatever it yeah. is
2: who it was that actually killed him
0: oh yeah i don't You're know if right. you guys
2: recognize that i don't really that. remember
1: um it was the um oh the dude yeah what's Ooh, I I forgot what they're called yeah it's, it's this it's yeah. like the child the, um, it's the guy that
2: gets super angry at him for peeing on a tree i think right oh
1: yeah i thought it was i thought it was the um the got the disfigured oh okay. Um, the disfigured like the incestual
2: so they the <sighs> only reason i read about it was somebody said that it's in the the actual screenplay okay that it says ulf is wearing mark's face over his I see. body oh. And so remember when you're he's. You're right. Yeah. No,
0: you're 100% right. Yeah. And he says and at it's the all dinner. Back. And
2: he's yeah. like, oh, that guy wants to kill me.
1: Yeah.
2: And then the other lady is like, oh, oh, oh come staring. with me. You're right.
1: He's staring. Right. Yeah. yeah, you're totally right. Eric so was like, this... all <laughs> right, y'all. So there's right. this
2: whole thing where, you know, he was. Okay, so here it goes even deeper. When they first get to. Uh, Hagra, what's it called? That's the name of the town, right?
1: Yeah. Harga. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, he There's the kids playing, and he asks Pele what game are the kids playing and yep. then he says oh it's called Skin the Fool Yikes. and that's foreshadowing to there he's the fool of the Yikes. movie and they're yeah. gonna skin him <laughs> uh, and then he says at the dinner oh that guy wants to kill me the woman tricks him oh, into basically being like, come with me, and she and they say earlier that all the mating rituals have to be approved. So it's like, you know, he's going forward on this thing that's not approved. Mm-hmm. Not that, you know, he deserves to have his face cut off. Of course. Know, like, <laughs> he's a dingus, He's kind of an but... ass, but, you know, everybody gets to keep might... their face. Yeah,
1: like, he should keep his face, <laughs> yeah. you know. Cool. He, yeah. I mean, Ari Aster loves, like, a head horror moment. Yeah, right? <laughs> does, like, like, yeah that was figure, so true. I mean, just, like, in all of his movies. Yeah. yeah. And, like, later on, when they're, like, they're wheelbarrowing like the corpses like yeah. he loves like a corpse moment yeah <laughs> yeah i mean really good at it really effective yeah
2: good like, smashed head you know he oh <laughs> it's up. Yeah.
0: yeah love some head trauma yeah um, awesome well yeah awesome thank you guys for your input on that all right y'all so we're sort of towards the end on this conversation about midsummer but there's still a few more things to talk about um i sort of you know i've been thinking a lot about the sort of like Just the director's work. Just Ari Aster, like, his deal, sort of, like, the themes that he brings up, um, along with the sort of, like, you know, uh, cinematography, the way it looks. But I wanted to just talk about sort of, like... I don't know, just, like, the things that I enjoyed about it. Um, So, you know, I felt like the whole movie in general was just really well executed, obviously. We all know this. Attention to detail. I'm a huge nerd about that. I'm just, like... You know just like taking the time with like the costumes and like even in hereditary like the house was beautiful like mm-hmm. um and even just the attention to detail and literally like the mother tony collette's uh she was an artist in the film and she made these like uh miniature Scottish, sculpture. yeah yeah mini- miniature sculptures of uh things from her real life yeah. and uh that was really cool because it just takes so much extra time to do something like that. Like I just appreciate that a lot more. It just really makes you feel a lot more connected to it. I feel because you're like these are things that are like this is a real person and these are like their things that they're like into, um, and yeah, I'm like this is the main thing that I've been thinking a lot about uh, his movies and just how horror has gotten so much better in the past ten years. Um, how like it's a lot more metaphorical. Um, they're bringing a lot of. It's, like, humans are actually the scary things. Like, the supernatural things are definitely creepy and unsettling. But the humans, like, we're the fucked up ones, guys. Like, (laughs) we're the ones that are, like, murdering people and, like, doing these horrible things. And it's, like, the capacity at which people live their lives out. You know? Like, that's scary, man. Like, mental health. Like, you know, there's a lot of this mental health. Like, Babaduke for sure, had, like, mental health kind of, like, references. and trauma, um, so I think that's pretty cool. It's just like a lot more, you know. It's like none of this. I was just telling Eric and Jamie earlier. It's like you know. It's usually like back in the day, like ten years ago, it was like tits and jump <laughs> cheap jump jump scares. You yeah. know. Again, there's a time and place for that, and it's fun. But. It's, it's eleven like,
2: o'clock on USA.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> on like Friday night.
0: Dead ass, dude, like for real. Um, so that's pretty cool, and um, yeah, like. Also just seeing, like, you know, I'm a woman, identifies a woman, and seeing the role that women have been playing in these newer films that have been more critically acclaimed. Um, You know, the the female character in general in stories, whether they're real or, or, not real, but like, you know, mythology or in horror, it's like, you know, the undertones of, you know, the witch, witches, like, you know, like, we're sort of taught to be told that the female character either needs to be really feared, but we're also attracted to her. Like, she might kill your baby and eat it because she's a witch. But we're also, like, strangely, like, oh, like she's hot. Or, like, you know, this kind of thing. So it's interesting seeing this kind of thing. But in Midsummer, it was definitely more empowering, I guess. Mm -hmm. Even though she, like, was okay with her boyfriend being killed and burned to death.
1: Um
2: she wasn't just okay with it, she chose it. She chose it <laughs> yeah. and she was smiling right. as it was happening.
1: I and we could talk about this more later. I um and I talked about this with the person I saw it with initially too. I don't think she was smiling about um, his right? death him burning, yeah. What did he I think? think for her, the moment that he kind of died for her is when she walks in on the like coerced copulation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she has this like big cathartic wailing moment. I think that was her letting him go. And I think Mm. her smile, her kind of like, was her coming to an understanding that this community Mm -hmm. was her new family. Yeah, Um, that's true. That's true. That's how I interpreted it. Um, She found her people. She found her people. I mean, it goes to what the, um, kind of like what the Swedish liaison, the Swedish, uh, exchange student. Yeah. You know, who led them there says, he's like. Does he feel like home to you? Yeah. You know, so it's about finding a home after your own has been totally obliterated. For sure. Yeah. And kind of taking whatever comes to us sometimes
0: too, right? Like, it's like, take whatever you can get kind of. Some, like, that's sort of like something that crossed my mind of like, obviously it was like a really intense thing that she had like fallen upon. Um, but yeah, like, it doesn't matter. There, she doesn't care if there was all this murder and like suicide stuff, like she was down because she felt at home yeah. and like each individual person we're all so like our own we're living in our own worlds guys like yeah. so like the things that we find being comfortable with are so different from yeah to, you know one to each to the next person mm-hmm.
2: um, well it's like um, we were saying earlier about Christian being so disconnected from her if you notice in one of the scenes in the house when uh, Chris, uh, Danny is talking to Pele about her parents and the suicide and all that and he says he asks her does he hold you? Yeah. Okay. And I, I don't think does he really he means physically. Yeah. I think he just yeah. means like, you know, does he contain your spirit and yeah. love yeah. you? And he actually mentions he lost his parents too when he was a kid
1: yeah. in a house fire. He's empathizing.
2: So, we can imagine yeah. Yeah. what that house fire was. Mm-hmm. It's probably the yellow house <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where like, they you know where they by... died. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, for sure. That's true. I do think, I mean, there is an element of, like, I don't, I didn't see it as her settling. I mean, I think she was totally destroyed by this thing that happened to her and her family. So she was, like, trying to, it it was the only, I guess maybe settling in that it was an opportunity that opened itself up to build itself up. Yeah, that's sort of, like,
0: more of, like, what I, like... Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Going back to one of the things you were talking about, like, people being the the main bad guy, the big bad of a horror movie. Mm -hmm. That's something that, like, typically I'm super against. Like, if I had a stupid, like, red hat with white type it would say make horror supernatural again yeah because <laughs> i'm all about like monsters demons and ghosts, oh yeah
0: that's super fun which is what
2: i love yeah. about the witch because it's like spoiler alert at the end it's like yeah. no it really was a fucking the witch witches. the whole time yeah, you know? yeah she's gonna and, join the
0: devil yeah riding up babies yeah, yeah. yeah. and
2: hereditary it's like no there's actually payment the demon yeah. and here we don't ever actually get like that supernatural payoff but mm. That's like for me. It's still. It's like no. It's really cool. And like we were saying, it's it's not so much that she's like she has no malicious intent when she's like picking him to die. It's like she has found her place. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah and the movie does a good job too talking about the sort of natural uh, aspects of the cult, right? Like the rituals. They were just like they never once thought that they were evil. Right. There was never this sense that they thought that. Yeah, it was cultural thing. Like yeah. this is what we do. Like ethically like moral question like if if you like do you have the right to uh, like you know let yourself die like or kill yourself like to and instead of like waiting till you're old and like you know that's what they talked about like instead of getting old and going through pain you can just go now and it's like well you know that's not really my vibe but like (laughs) but yeah like they talked about that a lot And, uh, so that was interesting too, like not feeling like it was, I mean, it it was definitely evil in my eyes, like, but, um, or just like fucked up more than anything, but that was an interesting element to the movie. Right. Yeah. That was interesting.
1: It definitely, I think it was effective for me that it sort of made you question like the way that they have the ritual suicide initially with the elders. Mm -hmm. Um, it was sort of like wading into the pool a little bit of being like okay like I can kind of see how you could justify like like a quote death with dignity unquote like assisted suicide and how it kind of starts to acclimate these characters into this culture that actually does things that are generally at least in our culture considered like pretty abhorrent for sure um but then, but it kind of makes you, it, like, gaslights you a little bit into being, like, well, like, I don't know. <laughs> I like, don't know. Like, you know, yeah. like, it's, and with, there's a the whole academic element of, like, oh, they're doing it for their PhD, it's, like, an anthropology thing. Yeah. You're, like, oh, maybe this is just our, like, Western, like, xenophobic, whatever, even though, I mean, the yeah. target, it is Western, like, for um, sure. But, yeah, you kind of, like, doubt yourself, like, yeah. Is the like for me that was sort of I was like would this be evil? like if my framework was different yeah, yeah
0: no I definitely asked myself the same questions yeah. Yeah. um but awesome yeah that was that was like a little bit more personal uh, <laughs> our views and our own personal stories about the movie Yeah because it definitely can touch upon a lot of things All right All right y'all so this is the end of the podcast. This was the first episode. <laughs> uh, pretty pretty fun learning some new things, um, but the last segment we're gonna talk about a recommendation. We're gonna do a little bit some old school stuff. Maybe not like super old school, but like an older movie that's not hasn't come out this year. Um, I'm gonna recommend Under the Skin, directed by Jonathan Glazer in 2013, and it was based on a book by Michelle Faber. Um, yeah it was jamie just let me know that it was actually produced by a 24 not surprised um visually it's awesome it's a really cool concept uh like like sci-fi but then it gets real like the humanity kind of part gets in there towards the end um it's very unsettling it's very surreal um but it touches on just human connection and intimacy there's sort of these like tones of like you know, like, how intimacy can be a space for vulnerability, but also violence. Um, you know, as far as, like, sexual... Uh, the power exchange of sexuality. Um, mm-hmm. Essentially, like, the premise is, like, Scarlett Johansson is a man-eating alien. She comes down to Earth to fuck some shit up. <laughs> and she uses her sexual... Um, her sexuality to lure these men in. Um, and they don't tell you in the movie why she's murdering the men but the book explains it and I definitely need to read the book um but at a certain point something turns in her where she starts feeling bad she meets this man who's like uh disfigured and she starts to feel like well what are we actually doing here guys like I don't know that I want to do this anymore so essentially like her boss comes down and is like you need to get your shit done like you need to collect these bodies and she runs away um and then the power exchange that's when the movie kind of like just dips, and, uh, it's, it's really real, um, you know, like, you know, like, there's an alien aspect to it, but there's a lot of things that are to be said about that film, so, I highly recommend that movie, um, check it
1: out, but yeah, so, but no, but Jamie actually watched it. Yeah, um, I saw it when it came out in 2013, and I really liked it, I was, like, really, freaked out by it when I first saw it. Yeah. I rewatched it in anticipation of this podcast. Um, I think they're two really great movies to pair together. I think they have very similar themes of, like, Stranger in a Strange Land, like, trying to, I don't know, not like, a ad- like, highlights, um, kind of what's considered normative versus, like, how, like, and ethically implicating. Yeah. The, the, that. For sure. Those dorms. Um, like, kind of Stranger in a Strange Land kind of vibe. I think it's really interesting how the two different movies treat disability. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Oracle character in Midsummer It's true. Being, I mean, he's pretty much a horror figure, which is, like, pretty typical of the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, not great. Um Versus an under-the-skin, it's a much more humanistic approach. Um, and, like, empathetic, For I would sure. say. Yeah. Um, she is a woman, though, so that's she, Even well, though she's an alien. Well, she is. Well, not empathetic. I would like the depiction of the character. I see. I yeah. guess. But, I mean, it is. I think it is what seeing um, this person who is also other in a way... Um, I mean, ScarJo doesn't look like it yeah. um, until late- later. Later, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But she, I think, identifies that otherness, and that's why she spares him. For
0: sure. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. Awesome. Eric, you should watch it.
2: Yeah, having not seen it, the only thing I could say is the idea of Scarlett Johansson using her sexuality to get me into a van is completely plausible. <laughs>
0: He's like, yeah, I will totally go into that. <laughs> yeah, the, I'm on board
2: with the first half. <laughs>
0: I will go into that black void. Yeah. Like, whatever happens yeah, yeah, yeah. down there, it's, it's fine. It's all good. As long as I'm in the car with her.
2: Yeah, we'll yeah. figure it out.
1: <laughs> I, I did not realize it was based on a book. Yeah. That's good to know. It's an interesting movie, too. A lot of it is done without, like, trained actors. Yeah. Like, they use, like, hidden first... cameras and yeah. yeah.
0: It's really cool. Yeah, I recommend it, guys. All right. Well, it's been real. Thank you so much for listening, uh, my friends that I told about this. Um, and we'll this is gonna evolve. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna figure it out. But thank you so much for listening, guys. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thank you guys for coming on the show. Thank you for thank having me. Thank, thank you, Eric. Thank you, Jamie. Me. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Buddha. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, Buddha, man. For letting yeah. Thanks for guys. Yeah. So yeah, generous it. with um, <laughs> space. All right, guys. <laughs> We'll be chatting soon.